0: Like your physical being, like when your your mind and body are physically different, it, or together, or synchronized, that's that's something important to um, to take advantage of, and you like learn, and the universe helps you that way.
1: Hey, welcome to Current Mood. This is your host Jacqueline Schneider. Current Mood is a series exploring self care techniques, mental models, and the core patterns propelling our increasingly digital lives. Through conversations with thought leaders across creative disciplines, I get a chance to learn about unique business paths and pivots through the lens of mental wellness. Hey, welcome back to Current Mood. In today's show, I get a chance to sit down with Matthew Yi. Matthew is a chef and food scientist and the founder of Queenie's, a really, really cool conceptual traveling culinary pop-up that takes the comforts of his Chinese and Jewish backgrounds to create memorable and meaningful connections with people in real time. In this episode, we talk about changing the food landscape locally and nationally and the issues that exist on the margins to really help us create a more sustainable food economy. We also reminisce about foods that remind us of family and kind of our attempts to recreate those feelings that surface when it comes to food later in life. Uh, Matthew is really sweet and he's such a thoughtful um, chef and just kind of like culinary person but with this really interesting background of food science um he shares with me his dreams for queenies and some of the techniques that find him solitude and quiet in the midst of the hustle of growing a business really hope you enjoy this thank you for coming to current mood thank
0: you it's so (laughs) great to be here Yeah, it really is lead the way
1: what is your mood (laughs) <laughs> what is your current mood? My current mood is how feeling, are you feeling
0: I'm feeling good. It was like yeah. a nice morning at NYU, feeling like a college student again and feeling very talkative to other, what seems like contemporaries who were listening to me as like an, an adult who wasn't like a student anymore. <laughs> right. So I felt, it felt good. It felt good.
1: Were you like teaching a class?
0: No, I was not teaching a class. Okay, I was just there for a friends event around food, radical justice and biopark farmers and uh, like kind of public health component to it on oh, how... Wow. Um, yeah, there's a lot like these conversations have been going on for a long time yeah. um, since like the whole conversation initially started around like Jim Crow South and yeah. um, um, George Washington Carver, you know, the, the peanut guy, but actually he was a huge pioneer back in the day.
1: What was the purpose of the event?
0: purpose of the event was uh, around this um, – a friend of mine started this nonprofit called the um, Catskill Agrarian Alliance. Um, they are a – it's kind of like an aggregation of a bunch of different farms up in the Catskills uh, looking at um, – there are a lot of biopoc farmers um, on kind of indige- indigenous land up that way. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to like um, expand their footprint into the city. Um, to find like different markets, bring awareness to the category and, you know, obviously build out their own kind of community. Um, So it was great to see like all these different, like-minded individuals coming in and kind of mm. talking around these things. So is was, your
1: mind like that? Yeah. I mean,
0: I'm <laughs> trying to, you know, be more aware of those things. I feel yeah. like my my farming background ha, was very kind of insulated a little bit in, in uh university. And then also mm. during the pandemic, I was working on a farm. So that was also a little insulating because it was one of these like fairy tale farms. Um <laughs> fairy, which, tale farm. fairy tale farm. I guess it's like uh, one of those um I buzzwords in the farming community of you Break know, it
1: down for us newbies into the farm. <laughs> Farming, uh, Lots of farms world. don't have a lot of
0: money, and a fairy tale farm is coming from like a backer or someone who is wanting okay. to invest in this type of you know startup farmer. Exactly, <laughs> and you know millions of dollars getting poured into this operation, right. and which was really cool to see. And like if you were to have this you know fairy tale come to yeah. fruition, what that would look like. Um, is
1: it my imagination, or was there like a wood fired pizza grill like at that?
0: Yeah, uh, there. I think <laughs> or a pizza par- oven. I guess there was a pizza oven on part of the property. I okay. didn't get to like utilize it as much as I'd like to. I was more doing like campfire outside and near the woods. But um, hey, you know, everyone, yeah, everyone's got their own cup of tea.
1: Sick, <laughs> including this um, office tea. Shout out Spotify, uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> Super cool tea. Uh, do you often start your morning going to NYU events?
0: No, this is the first time one I've gone to in, in a while. Um, yeah. yeah. It's this was a really random one that, you know, just happened to be in the kind of that network of people and uh, got the got the cool invite to go hang out on campus.
1: Like what was your driver for going? Like what were you hoping to learn?
0: Um basically support friends, see if I can um, you know, meet some other people in the network. Um, part of me and my soul is just a dri- pulling me upstate i like really enjoy the city life and being in the streets here and like kind of the communities of the food the scene etc um but a lot of my my soul is up on uh, upstate somewhere on a farm like (laughs) my soul
1: oh wow respect (laughs) shoes or not?
0: um shoes shoes okay (laughs) shoes yeah
1: well, you're from upstate, right?
0: Yeah, uh, okay. from a small little town on, like, the the last step on the Harlem line train at a, at a Grand Central a town called Brewster.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: which is, uh, it actually, there is a farm there that I've been actually talking to called Ryder Farm. Um, they are one of the oldest organic farms in in New York state. Uh, it's been, it hasn't been in operation, but it was established like 230 something years ago, Oh, like
1: 200 years ago. Yeah. Something
0: very, (laughs) very casual. Um, and you know, they, they're doing a really cool, uh, art residency program. Um, some of the the newer generation who, um, that Ryder family, um, has taken over the property and they're they're doing some cool stuff up that way. So, um, just trying to like delve into those communities more, um, is my own, you know, where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah. Is that your, like, life's mission? Like, building community?
0: Um, I'd like to. I mean, that's <laughs> that's something I wanted to, like, even talk about here is just, like, I feel like I've so much, like, my, my network is really, like, dispersed on many different kind of avenues and, like, yeah. kind of figuring out, like, what I'm doing career-wise and then, um, you know, how to pull all those things together um, to, to satisfy myself. But also, like, these communities really need support from many different aspects because it yeah. can't be so insulated where it's all, like, the same people talking about the same things. You obviously need... You know, different people like myself, or you know, other people in the community, um, especially having at NYU and other like students coming from different majors. There was mm-hmm. a couple of different people that I spoke to this morning who, um, you know, coming from public health side, coming from industrial engineering, just like various uh, pathways to you yeah. know help um, our food system because that's something that really um, is important for all of us.
1: Uh, So the food system, improving the food system was like the through line for like everyone's reason being there.
0: Yeah, generally, um, you know, bringing awareness. Like we were always talking like how to make uh, really changes by 2040. Everyone's saying like 2040. Oh, so there's like a timeline. There is sort of timeline or just like kind of setting your, you know, uh, a general trend in that direction and actually making strides to that. um, Because, you know, I think even when I was in university, we were talking about like 2040 and how to like, you know, in in 30, 40 years from now, how do we make change? But it actually takes, you know. Takes time, takes strides, it takes people coming together and actually making yeah. moves to have this happen.
1: Like, what does change actually look like?
0: Um, so, uh, specifically in, in this, and you know, shouts out to the Catholic Agrarian <laughs> Alliance. Um, Shout out! Um, really bringing in, um, you know, all these. These farmers traditionally have um, been very desperate um, and not talking to each other because it's almost like kind of competition, right? You're like, who can sell, um, you know, your tomato for the best price, and yeah. actually like offload hundreds and thousands of pounds of tomatoes. Like, where did those go? Right. Um, so actually, combining forces, um, having people grow different things, um, finding different networks, whether that be um, into the city here, um, mm-hmm. to you know, whether it's like your local bodega, whether that's a CSA. Um, to even like the the largest impact, and I guess maybe this is why they're having an NYU and uh, other ins- more institution buying um, to hospitals, um, universities consume tons of food um, mm-hmm. in their dining halls. So where can you offload really local food, and who is actually consuming it? So
1: you're like pairing pairing people, right? people yeah. who have food and people who need food,
0: and people who need food, and like. Good food. I mean, yeah. it's weird that like nowadays you can go to the bodega and you can have like winter squash in the summer and summer squash Wait, in the winter. Wait, how
1: does that happen? By the way, I always wonder well, how but, does the yeah. garden basket around the corner always have like fresh veg?
0: It's like the globalization of food has really like taken like that consumer culture to like the extreme where we are like, so fortunate to have. Oh, it's crazy. The I mean, it's it's the almost
1: distribution is wild.
0: It almost feels magical. Like you can just walk into it yeah. and there, there's it's stacked. You know, And also tomatoes
1: week. are like my friendy mom went to go buy tomatoes the other day she said it was like three dollars for one roma tomato right it's what
0: <laughs> yeah no i mean the, the price of it is like crazy and then also yeah. it is also kind of crazy you can have a banana for a dollar think about how many hands that touches right before it actually gets to you many and it's hands. a dollar. you know from yeah. the farmer like how much is where the are farmer the bananas really from
1: getting- that get to new york uh, there's all
0: of Ecuador, you know, they're coming from all over the place, even Southeast Asia. It really depends on like those global markets and, and trade routes, like where it's once you get into it. And I didn't spend too, too much time in like those larger global supply chains. But,
1: yeah. um,
0: you know, those like uh, those central markets where people are like buying and selling things at, at, you know, yeah. it's like our U.S. stock market, but for food. Right. Um, but it doesn't close down and it has a huge <laughs> impact on the environmental future of our, of our planet. Right. right. I mean, all the like the over farming and like spraying with pesticides and antibiotics for you know different um animals it's really and,
1: not sustainable like it's, it's just not it's not o- outside of all of the other terrible things about it it's just not sustainable
0: it's not and like that's where we saw like a lot of growth i think the the a lot of that came and the starting of this um nonprofit came from after the pandemic where you know those global supply chains like kind of were shut down yeah um and where are we getting this food and you know uh, you know, in the Northeast here, we have our seasons and we have like our downtime. And I shop really seasonally at the farmers market. And mm-hmm. uh, during this these winter months, it's definitely a little bit more difficult to, um, you know, eat locally. Um, <laughs> a little
1: bit. A little bit. Parsnips little and
0: potatoes only yeah. go so far. It really kind of gets to you sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Um, but you know, being being around uh, the communities that grow food and uh, like understanding all the inputs that go into it really uh, changed how I how I eat and consume and it's obviously a little bit different for those who haven't and can rely on the bodega and get your you know tomato in the middle of the, the winter, which is coming from, you know, wherever around the world. But, you know, that tomato doesn't taste great. Sometimes uh, you can spend three dollars for it, but it's not like one it of those. It doesn't
1: even. I got a cucumber the other day and it didn't taste real.
0: Yeah. it's like. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Like, what is that? It's just, you know. Is it
1: like pest? Like, is it chemicals?
0: It's like a, a compounding of many different things. I mean, it's from like the seed variety and that this cu- oh. cucumber is grown. Suspense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like, whether it's us or it's just like this is a cucumber that was bred to like withstand you know five six months in a refrigerator versus so
1: gnarly like is the nutritional value like still there?
0: It, vitamin C, I think it has like a crazy amount of it. It, it degrades very quickly huh. um, versus other micronutrients and stuff will stay along. Yeah, and then there's also like you know you're just pure caloric in, intake of like a cucumber. You know, um, there that still holds up. But as far as those you know, intricacies. Um, also, no, the
1: taste is weird. Yeah. No. And I was just home in California and I had like, I want to say it was like the best, one of the best meals I've ever had, which is like, whoa. But I'm also like, was it? Am I, Is it just because of the very fresh produce that we get in California? Like literally the veg, the stuff that we were eating was just literally put on the ground that day. Yep. And it's just like. You don't need to do much with it.
0: You, uh, you, you don't sh- need to
1: do anything, barely. Like, some nice olive oil and some little, like, finishing salt or whatever. <laughs>
0: and it's incredible. It's like, yeah. It's, it's as good as, like, you know, and sometimes at these, like, Michelin-starred restaurants and stuff, yeah, they they do many other things to the food. But it yeah. is, like, it really boils down to those ingredients and, like, where those are coming from, good soil, and how long that's been, you know, how long that supply chain looked like. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah it's it's huge and that you actually feel better when I was farming and I was eating everything yeah. how do you I know so much about this how do I know so much about <laughs> this uh, yeah my degree is in food science and agriculture out of the out of the UMass Amherst um, did you
1: like want to get into that
0: I did I've always like been in kind of love with food um, I didn't initially go as a food scientist I went as a chemist um, huh. I just had a really um, influential professor growing up in or teacher in high school okay. wow, cool. um, and then I kind of stumbled into the food science program and the agricultural scene up in
1: where's the food science program right there's what school did you go to it's <laughs> a
0: really small niche actually funny enough at my uh, my pop-up this past weekend I r- ran into another food scientist um which That's is cool. just like small, it's a really small population. I mean, my class size was like 20 people I graduated with. It was really, really small. Yeah. Um, But yeah, UMass has a really great program. Cornell is like kind of like the, also a really large entity. Um, A handful of universities around um, have this as a major. Um, But yeah, I learned so much. I mean, it really kind of tied together my love of like kind of just like the chemical nature of things. Uh, But then also like I would always cook for myself. Like mom was always working um, and my dad was around somewhat. There was like a lot of kind of turmoil going on there. Yeah. a kind of a crucial phase. I, f- I feel you, bro. Yeah, definitely. A well, lot of. Well, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it, it helped me grow as a person to to a place hey, where I, you know, I, I took that upon myself to like want to cook food for myself. Yeah. And um, there was like these dishes and stuff. My grandmother taught me that I like always kind of like reverted to.
1: What are the what are like the three top three?
0: Top three. Um, It's a a dish called, the first one is like, it was always ready at her house. It's like called pai Gut, which is a like um, Chinese pork ribs, kind of steamed with black beans and ginger and garlic. She used to do it in like a little cup and there's always like a bowl of that with white rice ready for me anytime (sighs) I came up.
1: Um,
0: And it was just a beautiful thing, which I, unfortunately, you know, she's no longer with us. And uh, I can't necessarily, I've been trying to mimic that. I can get close to the smell and sometimes it hits me, but it's not. I don't know if it's just, like, grandma's house smell, too, you know?
1: No, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it will never be the same. It's never going to be the <laughs> same. I definitely safe. have, like, a few dishes like that in my family where yeah. I'm, like, I make it. It's just, like, it's the also the measurements are, like, use your hand to do this. And I'm, totally. like, I don't know... What that means. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think she like, you know, when she was quote teaching me how to do stuff, you yeah. know, she'd tell me to go grab something and then while my back was turned, she like dumped something else in there like <laughs> <you know. laughs> it's like oh, she never get the full recipe. <sighs> um another one is um it's just guy guy fan fan which try translate to chicken and rice. Um but it Dude, was like really specific. Chicken and rice. And the, the tough thing is like trying to recreate recreate her chicken with rice no. is not any, like, I don't think I'll ever get close to it because it's like what's in it? Um, it had like it was a tomato sauce which was the weirdest thing. It wasn't like a thick uh, you know Italian one It was really loose and light. I think it was just like canned like whole tomatoes in there that she diced up. I don't know what the flavor was. I can't get anything close to it. There was some magic spice. She was dropping it in there. But Wait, I,
1: tell me the first one again.
0: Pai uh, gut. Pie gut. Which is pork ribs. Yeah. Uh, black bean sauce. And then yeah. a chicken and ranch with ga ga fun And then <sighs> so good. we just always roll these like really simple wontons that you do in like uh, just really light broth from uh, from the, the other half of me. Say more. <laughs> <laughs> so another half of me is um, come from like a line of Ashkenazi Jews from uh, Long Island here. You know, my mom decided to... Uh, have a child with a Chinese man, and here I am speaking to you today. Um, hey. And there was like definitely a lot of influence from her her side um, that really brought a lot to to me as far as like kind of cooking cuisine. Yeah, you know all the holidays and things that I kind of a little bit lacked on my my um, my dad's side that was yeah. less um, removed. It was more removed from that. Like my my grandmother was that staple of Chinese culture. Yeah, and then as my dad being like a second generation, it, I. I lacked, he didn't like really teach me yeah. much. Um, yeah. It was more like be American and, and sure. that line.
1: What was your dad's vibe?
0: Dad's vibe, uh, New York City NYPD officer for, for 21 years. Wow. Yeah. Yep. He retired after 9-11. Okay, well, that'll um, do it. Yeah, very, was he on the scene? He was on the scene. I remember he dropped me off that, I do really remember this, he dropped me off at camp. Um, and I remember just sitting in the car and he got like a phone call and like, I don't really remember much outside of camp other than like scraping my knee or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you, that, that morning he took a phone call and I just, I don't know, it just an air of energy kind of hit me a little bit and I didn't see him for like a little, about probably two weeks after he like d- dipped right after he dropped me off at camp and then he was right into the city. for Oh, for like camp cleanup. far away. It was, oh, uh, so you went... I was, I was upstate. Oh, okay, uh, I okay. wasn't like camp, it wasn't, uh, like, yeah, yeah but um yeah it was a uh, you know definitely traumatic for him and also just kind of like for the family and um, that's
1: a lot
0: yeah yeah that's it, crazy shout it, out to your dad yeah very much so i mean and everybody who like went through that i mean yeah. it's quite the experience and like you know going through the necessary steps to like feel better um after that is like yeah. really difficult um especially for you know that the institution and you know of uh, police officers and firefighters like that is really you know, yeah. that strong man really be really, you know, True. um, that, that person on the scene. And then also like having like humility of like, I went through something really horrible and like, you know, I wasn't there and maybe friends of mine were there, right. but cleaning up that aftermath. Like survival's is, guilt, survivor's yeah, guilt. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure like he was, yeah. brought, he worked around there and you know, whether or not he was there that day, it was, you know, up to the, you know, the, the universe, but <laughs> you know, he's, uh, survived to tell the tale and, um. Yeah, just different uh, different yeah. aspects on the family. So,
1: what's uh, what's your dad into now?
0: Dad is retired for the most part. He does like a couple odds and ends. He like drives a guy around in the city. Is kind of like private security to some degree. Cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a cool th- job actually. Yeah, he stays busy. You know, yeah. he's um these people in the city who can you know afford to have him drive him around all day. <laughs> Sick.
1: What a life. Yeah, uh, right. Does your what's your dad's favorite food?
0: Dad's favorite food. He really likes this. It's an odd Chinese dish that I haven't fully associated my palate with. I don't know the name. All I know is like what it looks like. It's like a, essentially like a <laughs> meat patty. There's no
1: name. Okay. I
0: can't remember the name of it. Okay, um, it's a meat patty. It's like a meat patty that's like has chopped up uh, the
1: size of a pancake.
0: It's like the size of a pancake. Okay. It's, you generally served the size of a pancake, but it's like chopped up pork with um, white fish or not like. Bacala in Italian, but I don't know, like the, the Chinese equivalent. But it's all chopped up and it's like steamed. It's like a steamed meat plate. How does
1: it stay together?
0: It's just like, you know, one of those emulsified meats that's just oh, like okay. held together by <laughs> the, the ma- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got a little aroma to it. I do like the way it tastes, but he always like go, gravitates towards that um, that dish whenever we're out. So
1: It's funny. Say- every dad has a very specific palate. Yeah, definitely. Is, is, was your dad like, what's his vibe about food?
0: But vibe on food is a creature ca- uh, habit. He yeah. really likes to go to the same kind of old places that he's always kind of go to or he finds a, yeah. a comfortable environment. But as far as like food, he he did try to cook. I mean, that's where a lot of the food um and and cooking experience um like energy came from on his side of the family. Yeah. Um had uh restaurants or you know grandparents who worked in restaurants mm-hmm. um around in and around the city. Um Queenie, who's my grandmother, she um, her father owned a restaurant up in the Bronx, um, mm-hmm. and he, I know, spent some time there and had a lot of, like... Kind so of, his grandfather? His grandfather, yes. Had a
1: restaurant in the Bronx. Did he, like, put him to work?
0: Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I think at that point, he was uh, just starting off in the police department, so I remember he said that he used to swing by for lunch. He'd always hook him up with a, That's you cute. Know, a nice plate of rice and some food um, <sighs> At that at that point.
1: Nothing like getting a fresh plate or, like, bowl of rice with, like... Just in one other thing, yeah, very much just so. From a place you like, yeah, from your family, <laughs> exactly. I think like that's the
0: thing, and I'm trying to like get to in my own head and like recreate is like a place you could just like swing by, like your grandfather's there. You know, you come in and it's like <laughs> yeah. incredible food. Grab a bite. You're on the job and like in and out like the 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 breath of the city a little bit, and yeah. that's like. Um, I don't. Know, it seems like a really cool. I I don't have that. I don't have like restaurants in the family at this point. But yeah. Um. You know the the couple spots in Chinatown and, and around that yeah. I, that I like to go to. Um, what about
1: your restaurant that you're kind of like starting? Restaurant or, or where? What would you call your new project? <laughs> exactly. It's like you know. Art, it's my art project. <laughs> it's your startup. <laughs> it's
0: my startup. Um. It's it,
1: kind of your startup.
0: It is like kind of my startup. Um. <laughs> I have like many different ideas. I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm running around like kind of screaming with it, trying to figure out pull it all together. I'm sure you kind of understand the vibe of like you're just making this thing up um as mo- <laughs> and, and pulling all these play- people where you fit into the world together yeah. Um, so it's called Queenie's after my grandmother. I thought it was like a really cute name. Aww, it's not necessarily. So <laughs> it is <just> really, cute. <laughs> even <laughs> so though it's like cute. kind of the general trend of restaurants now, everyone's like naming it after grandmother. You I know, mean,
1: probably. there's a place in Bedside called Rita and Maria, and yep. it's her two grandmothers. Exactly. <laughs> so like,
0: I, I can name like three other places that are all like named after their grandmothers. That's, which that's one cute
1: because the... I would do the same thing. Absolutely, probably. and
0: we're all like hanging out. Um, there's a <laughs> one of the next pop ups is going to be at a place in uh, Crown Heights called Augie's Counter, which uh, chef <gasps> Jeremy's, and in, he's incredible. Um, I haven't I,
1: been there yet, but I keep it's like on my list of like gotta go try it.
0: Yeah, I yeah. gotta try it. it. like really good for breakfast. I swung in the other day and it was really great. Would you have? Um, I had their like. Um, uh, chicken liver toast, which like has like a cherry syrup on top, which is great. Wow. Um, a light soup with some uh, little dumplings in it, and then um which I really appreciated on the menu, which for a breakfast I sometimes don't see, is just like a sliced grapefruit with a really nice, like um I believe it was like some honey on the side with a little granola. It was just like Perfect. easy, not yeah,
1: just light,
0: know, light, light. Light light. Light but I used to eat that a bunch for breakfast in college and uh you know, it just it felt really nice. So yeah. um Yeah. uh, So
1: Queenie's named after your grandmother. When did you start?
0: Um, I started at the beginning of this year. Um, Well, I've had the idea for longer than that. Um, Thought about it. She passed away during the pandemic um, and, you know, had some ideas floating in my head what I was going to call this thing of like kind of my own pop up or just my own expression of uh, food. Yeah. Something that I, when working in going further, a little further back and like kind of the ag tech world mm-hmm. um, in the city, it was still like food adjacent.
1: Um, mm-hmm. and
0: um, Which is
1: kind of crazy because it's literally, it's that intersection. It is. It's not like even adjacent. No,
0: it's not even adjacent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it feels like sometimes the food world is so totally s- split up, right? Yeah, like yeah. the restaurants are so insulated and like going for that Michelin star and we're going to be this yeah. next top innovative restaurant um, versus like the next top innovative you know, supply chain company that's, like, right, really bringing, right. like, making things more transparent and uh, sustainable was, like, kind of the mission of this company I was working for. That's cool. Uh, yeah, we had some really cool projects uh, working on with, like, Sweet Sweetgreen and, um, like, kind of their early stages of yeah. um, building out, like, kind of blockchains for food uh whole side tangent on that could, really really cool could work. totally
1: work if everybody used it <laughs> exactly
0: and like <laughs> realistic is like will someone pay an extra couple dollars on their food you know you know we, we you know go back and forth on like 50 cents on the price of a banana or something but a full like dollar or two or maybe a couple cents on a salad or a burrito like our, to, to to know uh, more about where it's coming from oh like damn why if,
1: should people have to pay though
0: it's because then who's like the whole thing is like, who's paying for me to do this work? Right. And like, where does that money come from? Oh, it's a from? nonprofit. It was it was a startup. And oh, it's man. like, you know, Sweetgreen had at the time had, you know, a, a budget allocated for that. Yeah. And we were it was cool. Um, but then when we're reliant on these other larger companies to exist. Um, it's tricky. It's tricky. Exactly. What and did then- you
1: learn about? like business at that point
0: incredible amount I worked really closely with my boss at that time this uh, really kind of he was new onto the scene of like food but he had a really cool background and kind of like the the finance-ish world um, and like really wanted to bring in uh, this new technology uh, for for the people I mean I met them they came to my university um, to give a presentation on how they wanted to kind of potentially do like a use case with the school I thought they were incredible I thought like they were really pushing the the boundaries of um, supply chain I mean I, I wanted to know more about it. this is why I was into these programs of like delving deeper into um, where your food comes from there's like the, the chemical component of it from like the food science world and like you know a lot of the people in that world will, like you look, should
1: teach classes about this
0: I don't like I don't <laughs> maybe And or I, just I, like
1: the overall 101 because I'm thinking like Food science, like, you hear about it, but you don't know, like, all of the things that go into it or, like, yeah. how your food's actually made.
0: There's so many different levels to it, from, right. like, the food safety aspect of it to, and like, let's the just design. just,
1: like, have an education. <laughs> 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 if only they taught us these things.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, I, I you have to really dig for it, and that's right. kind of the unfortunate thing is that yeah. it's, like, something we interact with three, day, uh, three days uh, times of the week uh, or yeah. days of the week and every day of the week. Um, taking food a little bit more seriously, digging into, like, at... You know, where the soil component, like there's so many things as you dig and finally get down to like kind of that seed was like, yeah. there's so much mysteries around the seeds and like, where are those kind of like, right? right? It's, it sounds it, kind of great.
1: It sounds like a sci-fi movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for those cucumbers we were talking about before, you know, to make sure that the cucumber will last through storage versus one that's like incredible, blows your, like rocks your socks, best cucumber you've ever had. Um, how you're kind of the, the plant breeding that goes into that. what's the best way
1: to create a fruit and eat it (laughs) like
0: yeah i mean what's the
1: optimal like timeline
0: (laughs) i mean like two
1: three weeks
0: for, for like a for like seed to
1: no, no, no. I mean, like once it's once it's like ready to be harvested or picked or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, so I, ideally, like as quickly as possible. Quickly I mean, possible, right. Yeah. Um, but, but not like
1: six months, that seems crazy. Yeah.
0: I mean, cucumbers won't literally like that's a like, huge range for a cu- uh, cucumbers, <laughs> but apples are probably the longest amount that of time is... spent that's in, crazy. right? You know, the, you've had these bodega apples that are just like foam. You know, apples are a lot of water, they're mostly air, but there's a lot of water in there. But the have apples, oh, yeah, you know, little pockets, you know, <laughs> if you got that. <laughs> foamy apples. Yeah. But, yeah, those are, like, really not nutritionally dense by the time you're, you're consuming them. Um, and that's been a, a decent amount of time. Yeah. Um, so, um, I whether or not I teach a class on this, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you kind of <but>. taught me <laughs> some
1: stuff right now. So, thanks.
0: Yeah. So, uh, pulling it back to Queenie's. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just, like, a, a project where I'm doing a little, like, kind of pop-ups around the city. Um, collaborating with other chefs, friends of mine yeah. who are doing... Um, you know their, their own projects, uh, cooking food that I want to be cooking that, um, it, and where it really pulled into is like that expression being in that food food world. I wanted to cook, I didn't know how to express that, yeah, uh, because I wasn't working in, in kitchens at that point.
1: You but you um, worked in kitchens, yeah. I
0: have, yeah. Okay. So kind of during that pandemic, um, I worked at a farm upstate that right. was being built for a um, a restaurant down in Tribeca. Um, it was a really cool experience to see this. Farm grow, yeah. and then um, started. I jumped in the kitchens at that point. Um, started cooking with the chef down there, um, and then really, you know, met a lot of great people in in kitchens. And then, luckily, got my own kitchen at Farm to People, where we met. Um, and I was running and holding that ship down for like kind of the opening and a couple months. And uh, earlier this year is when, um, or late last year is when I left. Um, and really, kind of spent or now spending most of my time yeah. full time at Queenie's.
1: So. Queenie's has been around since it's, like, what, four months-ish?
0: Four months now. I've okay. had, like, officially to date, three pop-ups. Um, okay. It's an exploratory piece on, like, being half Chinese, half Jewish. So when yeah. people ask me what Queenie's are, it's like, is it a restaurant? Is it going to be, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to figure that out.
1: So, okay, so you you have built kind of the narrative, or you're starting to kind of build the narrative. You have, like, some pop-ups under your belt. Mm-hmm. Um. You have, like, purpose, but it's, like, not too rigid. Like, how do you form a business around that?
0: Just general hustle. I mean, I'm trying to, like, make yeah. a, a buck from, the, from these uh, pop-ups. Um yeah. And then also just, like, stay busy with, like, odds and ends. Like, other yeah. friends are, you know, and, and the cool thing is the community really, like, kind of gives back to itself. So friends really. who are doing their pop-ups or need a hand a certain couple days or, you know, just staying mobile enough.
1: I ask about the, like business side because i feel like there's so much anxiety around money sometimes but it's also i think because of the state that we're in collectively we are all a lot of people are pushed to pursue their passion now more Mm -hmm. than ever Mm -hmm. and like having that kind of pull between like security and like passion is like really strong like binaries I feel like right now
0: like the discrepancy there there's plenty of days where I'm like walking around the city that I like want to be at like one of these office jobs something a little bit more steady like easy like not have to worry but like I do tease myself with a bunch of these like different job descriptions online I've definitely thrown out my job apps to some of these things but um I am enjoying that the process of kind of building out my own venture um you know and and seeing what that looks like I have an idea of where I I see it going. If yeah. They, but whether or not that can happen right now, or what's
1: the ideal scenario? Like, I want it... to
0: do like more of like integrated like experiences. Um, like, do
1: you want a physical space?
0: Potentially, uh, yeah. But what that looks like, if it's like a brick and mortar in the city, if it's some other type of um, entity upstate, I like. I really think there's such a connection between like that that farming to restaurant um, and necess- like. Like, I really want to, if I could, have a space upstate that it runs as some type of like farm homestead area yeah. that could have like and, and cater to some type of audience. This is like me even like spieling this out for the first time manifesting, here. bro. Manifesting, bro. Exactly. Manifest. I mean, I've thought, of, I've thought about <laughs> it, um, but it's like, yeah, almost uh, like an experiential dinner outside, like where it feels like you're, you're involved in something a little bit more, it's almost bigger, not like hard um, bread and breakfast. <laughs> Where you're, you know, staying there and you're like kind of doing your own thing, but it's like maybe you come for it's dinner, like half you a have day this or like, something. Yeah, and in my own head, it's like maybe and like almost set design, like grandma's house in the middle of a field somewhere. Something well, it's, like really I'm there. And Sign me up. Beautiful. There are like concepts where people do like dinners in the field. You seen Pasta like that. Grannies
1: on Instagram? Oh, I fucking love Pasta <laughs>
0: Grannies. So like on that. Every pasta Grannies. Oh queenies my god. He's definitely follows Pasta Grannies. Dude, um, you
1: should have a Pasta Granny Queenie Queenies collab.
0: Exactly, where there is like different <laughs> components of it, where it's um, and in college, I did like these TED events and stuff, so pl- event planning organized. Like, I, I really thought there was like something to be gained from these experiential, you know, instances. I did yeah. this like quick TED weekend in uh Mexico City when I was in college, really cool. thing. really cool, really experience. Like, just the, the programming of it was awesome, yeah. Uh, but it's imagine going upstate, it's like some kind of farmstead, you're having for a dinner, also seamless experience. I don't want it to feel like it's, like, hard to do. Like, imagine in and out of the city very quickly. Yeah. An hour you get pick up at 5, upstate by 6, eat dinner, you're out by 10, or option to stay a little bit longer. Something that you could have a... You can stay stay over. You have like that breakfast component. Something that I liked at my grandma's house was like you could eat breakfast. You know that next morning she's making something interesting. Or then you know lunch is like a lighter lighter bite. Yeah. But there's like things to do around. You can kind of stay busy. Ah, uh, so not, it's
1: kind of like a food experience, but then it's not like the only experience. Exactly. It just complements the experience. Compliments.
0: if people want. If I feel like a lot of things and in my own personal life and growing, it's just like time and place where like, where you're at the right place. If someone's trying to like overforce something, it doesn't feel right. Like no, that's going not like, it. always trusting your gut on those things yeah and that's like where my career and why i've had these like seven lives it feels like that i've like had all these different jobs is that i've just like been able to be adaptable and go with the flow but right now i'm just like trying to have fun with it um yeah you know doing like like little pop-ups on the side of the street uh doing some street food that's like a lot of where the inspiration also is coming from like deep youtube videos in like southeast asia like learning how like how they're like making (laughs) stuff that's like sick yeah
1: what's your take on like the food Community right now as it stands
0: yeah it's interesting I mean it is I got um, in New
1: York I suppose
0: it's interesting to, to see all the different like kind of sides of it even though I'm not like in the hard restaurants anymore yeah. but um, you know all the different um, pop-up artists or if you want to call them that or pop-up chefs there's such energy moving towards that where people want those like once again like experience something that's a little bit different going to the same restaurant you're like yeah you have your like classic spots that you go to every week for food and yeah. stuff that you know you like but then um, when you do go out you know, is it that like new super exciting spot or is it like, oh, I heard about this from a friend, this seems cool. Can I like people? I feel like anyway. For from my end, friends of mine will like want to be doing that. Versus the new hot restaurant in right, this right. village. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. we got the you know seasonal bites. We're locally sourced, and here we are. <laughs> and like it's great. There's incredible chefs that are doing stuff. I'm not trying to diss that at all. Yeah. But I where I sit and like the community that's like helped me is the these artists, chefs, creators who want to yeah. express themselves in a way that you know it, it has a pull to it.
1: I love Queenie's as a business. Yeah. I, I think it's like. <laughs> It would be cool as one place, but it would be just dope as, like, a touring project. Touring project. Because Queenie's house could be anywhere. Your grandma could be literally anywhere.
0: Exactly. My grandma upstate, she's been, like, uh, Anne has, like, super influential badass, like, businesswoman. She really? has, a, has a company that she started a jewelry business out of her garage, and it's still running today. Really? She's a, yeah. Very what much kind of jewelry? They do, like, costume jewelry, nothing, uh, like, no precious metals and stuff, but they do, um, they've been running it for she's a while. It. Yeah, in the um, garage still? Um, no, in the garage. They've, <laughs> they've definitely come a long way. It's a whole, you know, I grew up at the like the studio and stuff they have up there in Brewster. and That's it was so really cool. cool. It was very cool, and yeah, no. So she's like a huge influence, and in, in trying to like mimic that, and then also just like do the hustle and and live yeah. a life in the the city and, and that. And do you
1: the- prefer cooking solo?
0: I do bring one person with me, but yeah. I, um, I right now with um, just kind of the outdoor grill situation, it was just me last week. I'm bringing an extra person this week to like help out and yeah, all that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's nothing for what I'm going for and how I'm structuring it. It's nothing una- unachievable for like one person.
1: I'm curious, like, what do you think food can do for people? Like, how can it help us right now?
0: There's such polarity sometimes, um, and I think this is what we are getting at a little bit before, but like food culture of personalized diets versus like community diet, like you're taking that dollar, if you're going and supporting this and a part of the event this morning, like where that dollar goes, right? It goes back into these farmers, upstate, historically distant franchise people, money that goes to these communities and can support um, something that's in your backyard versus like a monoculture crop in, you know, Mexico where, you know, it's going to some who knows where that's Albertsons. really going exactly that's that's something i like if if it can be better everyone's like talking about like climate change and like why well, is like the weather all different and like we, we got to make some moves and when we're talking about like to 2024 we're putting like a um a timestamp stamp on it is that like actually reaching towards a goal where um strides are being made to make this happen um and these are like kind of the seeds of of these efforts um yeah. and if people can actually like Outside of like the trendiness of it can actually like move into a place where, you know, I pray that we don't ever have a um, pandemic again. But when if food supply chain shut down, that this regional food shed can support itself without having to rely on other places in the world. Um, obviously, it's really hard. What are, like, the barriers? Everyone wants a banana in the morning, (laughs) you know? Everyone wants, uh, you know, citrus and other things, and, like, it is, like, crucial part of, like, everyday living. But if you were to pull it down to, like, it's bare bones, what do people really need? It's, like, caloric intake. If you can, like, grow out enough um, produce, calories, um, whether that be sweet potatoes, but regular potatoes, like, things that, like are incentivized to store yeah. roll. I didn't get much like t- uh, traditional Chinese medicine teachings from my grandmother in any which way, but like all those practices and stuff are super relevant and like, Yeah, you like
1: know, hot food, cold food. Like, exactly, yeah. knowing your
0: body, being in touch. Like these are all like writings and like teachings that have gone for like a long time. Meanwhile, we got like <laughs> Dr. Time. Oz being like, this is how you're going to cure everything. Bro. And it's just like, <laughs> we don't need that. Um, there's other stuff, not saying like TCM and like these other alternative medic like, and the thing is using the word alternative, it's just like, it can be like medicine. TCM? Um, Yeah. TCM. Um, uh, traditional Chinese medicine. TCM. TCM. Um, I thought it's
1: thinking TM, like meditation. Oh, oh, there's like meditation. Which you also do. Which I also do (laughs) TM.
0: Um, but. uh, Wait,
1: how did you get into TM.
0: Uh, to, Trans- you know,
1: Transcendental meditation I heard about it back on Stern When I was
0: like in high school oh. <laughs> uh, To be real with you know With the, the origin story but What did
1: you hear um, on Stern that you were like Oh I want to try I really this. just like
0: heard about it I mean he really chalked it up Like he like stopped smoking cigarettes after and Really? really like helped. Yeah Every day he um, does it? Or he used to and he doesn't anymore um and like so just like really i don't know his gravitas and passion towards it that that day that i listened to it um <laughs> and then like and then it day. hit me with that one time and then i heard about it through a friend uh when i was in the city i was working in tribe um in like downtown yeah. um new york off to like john street and i guess the tm center is like a couple blocks further south so i was walking one day i yeah. like walked by it i was like hmm and um ended up uh via my partner right now um she's does it and she brought uh, me to the like Basically, um, the David Lynch Foundation does like a um, kind of teaching class of it, and she just like hooked me up with the the teacher over there, Sarah. She's incredible. And
1: so, what do you what do you do? It's
0: a really simple. It's like a mantra based um, yeah. um, meditation where you spend twenty minutes a day, twice a day, you know, sitting up straight, and then you, it's a you know, kind of start with a mantra, and it's really just you know pensive in its way. They go deep with the phyto, like your chemical composition and how it like changes your like. Maybe I'm like I can't diss (laughs) it, but but like uh, I do like just the headspace of it. I think that's where like I've taken the most pleasure from. it. You do it
1: two times a day for 20 minutes. Yeah, so so like like 40 minutes a day, morning. Yeah. So, like what time of day do you do it?
0: Try to get your rhythm with it. It's kind of hard initially, and like certain days, I'm not like perfect. I like there's definitely days where I'll do it like once, yeah, but I yeah, yeah, try yeah. to do it in the morning, like yeah. kind of wake up. You're not supposed to have it like do when you have like when you drink coffee. So I try to do it so before like a cup of coffee.
1: First hour of the morning.
0: First hour of the morning, okay. kind of up around, and yeah. then like kind of sit down for that, and then <laughs> later in the evening before I would go out, like you could go do stuff around the city, where like, you know, you're drinking or whatever, like just like you know, th- those moments after work, even though my work is very loose right now, yeah. um, just, like, to take those, like, an- another couple minutes. Apparently, there's supposed to be, like, three hours between sessions. So, like, giving it that amount of space.
1: Oh, what have you found that's been different?
0: Just a little bit more, like, clarity on direction with queen is kind of becoming more zen with myself and like being okay where i'm at um you know crucial where I,
1: stuff. crucial
0: stuff crucial right st- very crucial stuff where you're walking around and you're like i want that like kind of job again where you're getting paid 100k a year or whatever and you got all these benefits and your 401k blah, blah 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 and you're just like the the check is coming in and you're feeling fine um to like you know, hustling for the paycheck and like staying yeah. busy, like hitting people up, hustle like really just like going. You around. Gotta you gotta hustle. You oh, gotta hustle. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm just interested. What is like family meal like on your mom's side? Like, what's the vibe? Who's what's cooking? The... Are you cooking?
0: It's it's uh, it is that your role in your family? I, it's it's kind of to become that a little bit more on like Thanksgiving, like the holidays, like less. Um, uh, has as the years have gone on, like, um, become a little bit more influential. So, like, I'll, I'll jump in for, for like holiday stuff. Yeah. But as far as like the vibe, like, grandma used to cook a bunch. Like, everyone kind of always used to pitch in.
1: Yeah. Everyone had
0: their like classic dishes that they'd always make. And yep. um, I was making a couple things that. What's your uh, one, favorite classic? Favorite classic? First I really, one that comes to mind. First one that comes to mind is like the. I remake the cre- green bean casserole. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. What
1: about one that someone else makes? <sighs>
0: Gosh. Um I like my grandma. She does these shrimp. It's like really random. It's Scrams? like not Jewish at all, which is the funniest thing. Um but she does these like this breaded like shrimp that's incredible. Like it on like this like just like you know sear it in a pan with some butter. I don't know. It's like really great. she always make that. Um and yeah, they're they're it's more kind of classic kind of there's a, a blend of American like we do like the pineapple bake on that side there isn't like yeah. hard Jewish stuff well what's the vibes of, is it
1: loud is there music is there alcohol
0: oh uh, <laughs> it's actually pretty chill like it's it's really uh, I wish it was more of that and that's something yeah. I like want to bring it more to I feel like I this past um, uh, for Thanksgiving uh, I think I ask
1: all those things because that's how my family is I, I, I'm like no, loud totally. people are drinking wine <laughs>
0: it's something I'm envious. Of, like I guess and also in with kind of, kind of sure Queenies again but like I want to like kind of create for myself is that it is relatively quiet at like my aunt's place or like my grandma's house like we don't have this giant crazy extended family which i wish i did have and i did have a little bit on like my my dad's side but then everyone kind of like lives everywhere now and we don't get to see each other as much and that's something i want to create like i i I lack a little bit of like that family aspect it's something that i um want to have with like this outdoor cooking family style food and if i can kind of create that with with queenies and like pull the different entities of my community together yeah is is a cool thing
1: sounds pretty cool to me yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> when's your book coming out <laughs> um nothing planned yet nothing. pretty much it's just like my my mad running around to my apartment <laughs> but maybe a book um i was thinking about like where like I, going back to like especially spending time at nyu this morning yeah um, it's always like inspiring. just being like it was inspiring around being a, yeah exactly like that university i loved like the um the vibe of that i mean like, yeah. if you asked me when i was in college i I took I, really advantage of the university and I love being in that academic scene, but yeah. it's also like really insulating where it is just like TA. You don't like really learn from like a professor where, you know, something I get from Alan Watts as well when you're listening to, and I'll send you his, pot, the, the content he has out, um, in a lecture hall in like the sixties or whatever recorded and just like being lectured and in that environment of like people wanting to learn and yeah, I romanticize it in my head of people um, writing books and stuff. But, um, uh, and and reading, and that that's something I want right now where I, I'm just trying to make it up myself and go to the library and learn in my own way, which is, Dude, a, which is good. Dude, the library is
1: such a sick resource. It's a huge resource. I've been spent, since like December or so, or no, like November, my like every, maybe once or twice a month, Saturday morning routine is go to, to Prima nice. in uh, Clinton Hill, yep. get a little coffee, get a little sweet, because I like that pastry chef. Mm-hmm. She has amazing cinnamon rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Caitlin, that's her name. Um, shout out, Caitlin. She puts a little Malden salt. Oh, nice. On top. nice. Mm. But anyway, I go to the, around the corner to the library, mm-hmm. like. And I spend like half a day at the library.
0: It's a great. It's
1: amazing. I don't think people know how easy it is to use the library and for free. Yeah, you yeah. could literally go there. One day I went and I read, I read the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. I read all the papers on the Saturday. Yep. I got like all the papers for free. No one's reading them. They have like 30 copies.
0: The, the physical aspect of it too. And it just is being so somewhere like, else. Being somewhere yeah. different. You're not like, yeah, I get like, I love being at home and like, you know, nerding out on a book. But yeah. being out, you know, having this resource and this entity where there is like these tomes, these books and stuff yeah. that you could like pull from.
1: Yeah. I also, I do notice that when I go to the library and I'm like, I'm not quite sure what I'm looking for. Somehow I always find it. Yeah. Like you go with your feeling and then you're like already in that space of like you already feel good. Mm-hmm. So you're like the things that are meant to find me here in the library are going to find me here in the library.
0: Very much so. No. Yeah, it's really weird. It, Trusting your gut, put it, putting into the universe. <laughs> Alan Watts talks about it of like <laughs> really? mind and body, like that, like your physical being, like when you're your mind and body are physically different it, or together or synchronized. That's, that's something important to, um, to take advantage of and you like learn and the universe helps you that way. Um,
1: I cannot wait, wait to read more.
0: Yeah. It's just crazy. It's great. Crazy. I've, never, I've never seen the book. I've only like listened to his audio file. So I'm going oh, cool. to go to the Barnes and Noble down the block here and uh, pick it up. <laughs> so sick. That's really um,
1: sick. Thanks for coming to Current Mood. Of course. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into Current Mood. Current Mood is produced by Jarrell Perry with music from Abjo and creative direction from Julian Alexander. Please follow us on Spotify, give us a sweet little rating, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any ideas on future guests or any insights, feel free to slide right into our DMs on Instagram at currentmood.io. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. It really means a lot.